you know, we... I'm, oh, I'm you know, talking oh. about how I met, how we... Uh-oh. That was the first time you saw me. Hey, you hear that? Can you hear it now? No, I don't hear it. You sound good now. Oh, I didn't change anything. I was just sitting here no, listening. It's not you. Sometimes stuff like that happens. Don't worry. We've been married 15 years, and all of a sudden, you're going to tell me you're a gremlin. <laughs> <laughs> what the heck? Welcome to Why or Why Not with the Watsons. And now, here are your hosts, Benjamin and Kirsten Watson. Hello, and welcome to Why or Why Not with the the Watsons. Today's episode, keeping the spark in your love story. This should be fun. Spark, spark. I love everybody loves some sparks. Where there's sparks, that starts fires. All right, babe, bring it down. Let's talk about how we met. You going to tell the story or do you want me to? Sure, sure. I tell it. I love this story. Um, it was a tell the right story, the how it actually really happened. My story yeah. is the right story because it was a beautiful day in the neighborhood oh, of Athens, Georgia. Here we go. The sun was out. It was it was summertime, late in the summertime, and you know all summertime. Of, it was. Okay, School was about to start. School starts in okay. like September or so. It's the end of okay. the summertime, right? Go ahead. I'm gonna let yeah, you do it. You already. So I just transferred over to Georgia from Duke University and, you know, made it through training camp two days. And, you know, the first time that the rest of the students come back on campus and they had this block party. So I go and, um, you know, checking everything out, seeing who's out. So my sophomore year in college. And I kid you not, I'm walking in front of the student center and there was a light shining from heaven right down the middle. And I saw this, this woman, she had on red pants. And before she jumps in, before she jumps in and says, not because she was hot, which she was hot. We went to University of Georgia. And so the colors are red and black. So she was hot. All right. But she had on red pants with a crisp white top. And she looked so classy and simultaneously sexy at the same time that she just stood out from everybody else. I didn't even talk to her. I don't even know. We didn't talk for a little while, but that was the first time I saw her and I had to find out who this young lady was. The red pants. I'll never forget the red pants. And so after that, that is how that was the first time you saw me. But the first time I noticed you was, I think, several months later because we were I was playing softball or we were practicing softball and we were at an FCA meeting, Fellowship of Christian Athletes. And we were talking about how to have uh, godly dating relationships. Mm. And I remember you got up, you raised Mm. your hand and you got up and you said, my dad always said a relationship should be like a triangle. Mm. Why are you admitting what I'm saying? And then he says, you're, you're on one side and the girl you're dating is on the other side. And God is at the point at the top. And the only way that you two can ever get close is if you individually get close to God. Mm. And I remember leaning over to my friend, Michelle, going, what is his name? Mm. And then that was how my first time noticing you. And you immediately dropped that little chicken dinner. That little loser. <laughs> That loser you were uh, you were dating and got with a winner immediately. Uh, first of all, let's not call it, names. I didn't say a name unless uh-huh. his name really is loser <laughs> tattooed across his chest. See, Kirsten was dating this dude that. Okay, it's good. Okay, anyway, Keep going. Right, okay, let's let's just 
let's just move on. So, so that's how we first met at Georgia. And then we, you know, we, we, we waited for a couple of years. Our first date, however, was, you remember the first date? I do remember the first Girl, date. Girl, I, t- I, I took you. <laughs> you wined and dined me. I wined and dined you at the dining hall. <laughs> We went to Snelling Dining Hall on sure campus. Did. Sure did. Rode yeah. the bus. Rode, rode, rode the Pony Express, the bus <laughs> that, that goes around the campus. Rode the bus, sat beside each other on the bus. Sure did. I opened the door to the dining <laughs> hall. I told you to get whatever you want to get. <laughs> because you already paid for the meal plan, so you get whatever you want to get. It's so true. This is so true. All but that was our first date. Yeah. So then fast forward a couple of years, we've or a year and a half or so, we finally, you know, made it official that we were officially dating and then dated you were gonna say something? I was gonna say we back up just to to clarify. So we were always we were became friends, but when we first met, like when we officially met, we were actually dating other people. That's what you were talking, you referred to who I was dating. You were dating someone too. So that's why we were actually just friends. And then both of us ended up breaking up with who we were dating. And then we started hanging out. And once we started hanging out, that's when we went to the dining hall. We still hadn't made it official that we were exclusively dating. We were still just kind of friends. And that took a long time because even our parents thought we were dating, but we were like, we're not dating. You know, we're about to be juniors you know, to date means something serious. So it actually took us a long time to officially start dating each other, you know, having yeah. the title. Yeah, because, you know, I had to make sure you were, you know, I do background check. Oh, stop. Anyway, whatever. So to make sure. So we finally started dating. And then that was our junior year in college. Yeah, junior college. And I remember calling our parents and at least calling my parents and be like, yeah, you know, it's official. I think it was in January sitting there. I feel like it was too. Yeah. Because we were getting, yeah, yeah, it was January. Maybe it was in January of our junior year. Yeah. Yeah. Uh You know, because it called called home and it's like, you know, even even though Kirsten, yeah, well, we're we're, we're official. And my dad said, well, a rose by any other name is still a rose. I already knew you guys were going to be together. Anybody got parents out there who know everything? After the fact. After the fact. <laughs> and you say, well, why didn't you tell me that jump beforehand? I already knew, but I, you know, I knew as soon as I saw her, I already knew she was going to be your wife. As soon as, I, as soon as I saw her, the first time I saw y'all on campus, I already knew. That. I went home and told your mama, I saw Benjamin's wife. That's what and he well, said. Why, why didn't you tell me? <laughs> well, probably because I would have been terrified at that point about, about, the, about the word wife. So I guess that yeah, was wisdom by him. So definitely. Definitely so we got wisdom. It. So we got engaged and we always felt like it was important. And it was kind of, we had to make decisions, you know, cause we graduated. We actually sat by each other in graduation. We were both in the business school, University of Georgia. I was in finance. Kirsten was in marketing. So uh, we sat by each other at graduation. And then I stayed for my fifth year of football and Kirsten went to go work uh, corporate uh, at Home Depot, um, corporate in Atlanta. Right. So I left. And so that was interesting to still be dating. Um, and then you still being at school, and then me working, and then I moved to LA. I moved with the with the with Home Depot to live in LA to work in LA, and I loved being out there. And after being out there, I thought I might really want to travel and try some different things. And then, what did you do? Meanwhile, I got drafted <laughs> and moved um, to some place far away called Boston that I didn't even know where it was. So here we are. Uh, 
I'm in Boston, Kirsten's in LA. And my first time to Boston, we had rookie, it was something called rookie mini camp where you first get drafted and you go up there the summer before your rookie year. So when we had our first break, we were having conversations about, all right, so, you know, we got to kind of decide. And we knew this when we got, when we started dating back in, you know, see almost seniors in, in college that there comes a time where you got to either like figure out if you're going, um, you know, make this thing, make a, have a commitment or if, if you're going to break up, I mean, I think it's only fair. And so unbeknownst to Kirsten, I went down to Atlanta, talked to her parents on my break. Then I flew out to Atlanta, actually asked her parents if um, I could marry their daughter. And her dad told me, um, if you hurt my pookie, <laughs> I will bust a cat. <laughs> you fill in the rest. So I already knew I better not hurt his pookie. <laughs> so I left him and flew to pookie out on the West Coast in L.A. And I was super nervous. I was so nervous and so indecisive. I had two engagement rings. Mm-hmm. We we drove up to uh, to Santa Barbara. Yes, I had, been, I had been dying to go to to drive to Santa Barbara, and so we finally did it. I right, did it. I get there. I've got this, you know, whole idea. Or I'm gonna play some music. You know, I'm gonna get I'm I, I'm I'm gonna get a balcony. I'm gonna go out on the balcony, get on one knee. But I got two rings. The music wouldn't work. I couldn't figure stuff out. I couldn't get my words out. I was stumbling and bumbling. I lost my balance. I, I was just a mess. I was sweating. You know, it, it was, it was, it was not, it wasn't like the Disney movies. It wasn't like Disney. I'll tell you that. It wasn't like that. But here we are 15 years later. And um, she said, yes. Yes. And you did propose with two rings and you let me choose, which was really weird. And then I remember one of the first things you said was, now I can stop lying. I was like, what? <laughs> That is so unromantic. What are you talking about? Because I was lying because I was here. And then I went to see your parents. And then when you called the last time I was in the airport, talk about something else was on the intercom. And he was like, I've just been lying this whole time. <laughs> like, like, are you in the airport? No, no. Uh, I'm in the bathroom. It's just loud. Exactly. You were lying. So you were lying and you were acting all funny the whole day. But yes, you did propose. Let me choose my ring. And we were super excited, called our parents. And then we got the, um, should I say, the advice to not make a date and to go to counseling first and then make a date. And then what did you do? <laughs> what did you do? We I didn't made do a anything. Date. <laughs> no, don't say we. You made a date because I was still scared. Oh, you made listen. a date because we had to get we had to get the place. You got to get the food. Yeah, got to get the, the invitations. You got to pick your colors. You got to <laughs> pick your dress. You got to pick your limousine. You got to pick who can come, who can't come. Exactly. Those people might eat all the food and not bring a gift. You know, we had all the <laughs> stuff we had to pick that you need to pick. So you had to pick a date. Yeah. So, so we, I would say that so was the one advice. thing. We bucked yeah, the we advice did. already. We did. We got the advice to do counseling first and then set a date. But, you know, it was just kind of like, well, we all be with football. There's only a certain amount of time that's free to get married during the year. And so July is that one sweet spot before, like right after, what is it? OTAs and mini, mini camps. Camp. And then right before uh, training camp. camp, there's like a three week window before the season starts. I was like, well, we have to like, we can't just make a date. We didn't want to be engaged for a long time. So we set a date. And we started marriage counseling 
And our counselor says, I just want you to know that if I don't think you guys are ready to get married, I'm not going to marry you. And I was like, oh, goodness. This so is we got to come in our best behavior. <laughs> no more arguing. OK, you know, like we have to really got to make sure because it was actually ended up being a good thing because we knew our pastor wanted to make sure we were prepared for what we were getting ready to do, which is funny because we've mentioned before that we tend to not. Uh, we tend to have a lot of disagreements and um, our, we had plenty, but I remember one specific one at marriage counseling where um, he goes, okay, so tell me, what do you think about kids? Like what's, what's your plan? What's your ideas? And in a perfect world, what would that look like for you guys? And we had already had the conversation about how many kids we wanted to have. Right, babe. It was like, we want four kids. So we were like, yeah, Oh so yeah, we're good. We're good. I mean, we both want our- four. And for and for those of you that don't know, we have seven right now. So we are definitely <laughs> overachievers and we didn't stick to the plan. Yeah, no. But the plan was four. And so he the pastor asked the question and then he's like, So who wants to answer first? Like, what are your plans for how the family would look, how it would run? And so, you know, at this point, I'm working for Home Depot. I have this idea of what my life is gonna be in corporate America. And this man sitting next to me says, Well, I was thinking that once we start having kids, Kirsten would stay home with them. And I think my neck swiveled so quickly to look at him like, do you know who you are marrying? Like, what are you talking about? It wasn't just just the neck. It wasn't just the neck. It was it was the 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 laser beams that were coming out of your eyeballs burning my earlobes couldn't believe he said it. I was just, I knew we had four, but I never really like thought about what that meant for how the family would run. We were just going to have four kids and we'd figure it out. But when he said I would stay home, I was thinking, I had a lot, I was thinking a lot that I couldn't say, but he felt apparently. And I was just, it was our first time when it came to preparing for our marriage that we had a very different idea of what it would look like. And so, Thus, I think the moral of the story is the importance of counseling and the importance Mm -hmm. of going through that time of speaking into your marriage. We've talked a lot about, you know, setting expectations in your marriage, those sorts of things. And for many of us, we get involved with these relationships uh, with no blueprint. We we feel good about each other. We love each other. Um, We know we want to spend some time and commit to one another, but we would never go into anything else in our life without a plan. You would never go build a house and just say, I really, really want a house. I really want to want a house. I want to put it right here. So give me some bricks and let me just start digging and building. We wouldn't do that. We wouldn't, we don't do that with our careers. And so the whole purpose, and I found marriage counseling to be beneficial simply because we could have a conversation where Kirsten could look at me with the lasers coming out of her eyes because she had a different expectation than I did. And so setting the expectations, I believe, was vitally important for us. And it still didn't mean we didn't have issues later on because we had plenty and still have plenty. But at least the wisdom that we received from the person that was that was we had chosen to marry us, our pastor was marrying us. He could give us some of that, but also we could talk through things like finances and children and expectations and careers and all those sorts of things. Definitely. I think that was 
that helped set the stage for everything that we were going to encounter and also made sure that although we had differences, we had some non-negotiables that we agreed on, that we were like, we could always, like we mentioned coming back to the truth, our foundation and our, and our belief in Jesus Christ. Like those are the things that were our, were foundational for us. And so the premarital counseling allowed us to talk about these other issues hard issues that we could discuss before they were happening. You know, like, you know, what do you, how much money are you going to spend on each other? Like for gifts, for family members. I mean, I just remember there's a list of things that I would have not have thought about if he wouldn't have brought them up. And I think that helped set the stage for when we said, I do that. Um, we had had a lot of conversations to get us starting in the right direction. Yeah, I definitely would say that. So when it comes to a spark, obviously there's, there's a spark, but you know, the title of this session, this podcast is keeping the spark. And so just like a fire, when you want to keep the spark going, the spark's going to fizzle out. And how are you keeping, like, I remember we live in Baltimore. I don't know anything about building a fire, nothing about building a fire. Um, We had a home, I was playing for the Baltimore Ravens and we had a home that had a fireplace. Now, Kirsten, on the other hand, has this uh, nostalgic feeling of wanting to have the crackling of a fireplace and the smell of the burnt wood flowing throughout the house and just this idea. the snow, don't forget the snow. Oh oh, my bad, my bad, gotta have the snow. Snow is outside. Yeah, and have the snow and everything sitting around the fireplace as a family, warm and cuddly with our all quilts and all that stuff. You know, she has this idea. So here I am like, okay, well, she has this idea. Well, I need to figure out how, how to, how to, how to make fire. Um, and I have no idea how to make a fire. I've never chopped wood in my life. I never had a fireplace in my life till I had a house with a, with a switch that you turn the fireplace on. But if the switch didn't work, my family would be cold. So one day a bunch of wood showed up on our porch. This woman had went and called somebody and had some wood delivered. Next thing I know, she's walking in the house with wood under each arm, creating a fire. She created that fire. It was beautiful. I, I felt a little bit less than a man. I'm not going to lie because my wife, my wife made the fire and I didn't, um, you know, true confession. Uh-huh. Um, but I realized that in order to keep that going, you got to keep putting logs on that fire. Mm-hmm. And that fire is beautiful as it may be in the beginning and it jumps up and the flames are licking out of the the fireplace and they're orange and they're bright red. And then you come back a little while later and, you know, you can barely see it until you stoke it and you put some more wood on there. I did learn how to put more wood on there. I still have the trouble starting it, but I know how to put more wood on there. And that's kind of, you know, in our premarital counseling, what we talked about a lot of times. And I think that's what we've learned throughout our marriages, you have to intentionally keep the spark in the marriage. So, so we're going to continue talking about different ways we keep the spark. Like what are the logs that we put on the fire to keep the spark going in the marriage? Because there are a bunch of different logs. And if you don't keep putting them on there regularly, intentionally, you will turn around and wonder why you're cold. There you go. Well, I think one thing that we have done is the, the premise of everything that we actually did learn in counseling is having order. So it goes God, spouse, kids. So we mentioned earlier, we have a lot of kids. We have seven children, right? And they all need a lot. They need very different things. But the way our kids get taken care of is when we first take care of each other. And so, and then by taking care of each other, also connecting with God and understanding 
um, our relationship as disciples to, of Jesus Christ. So it's all about having order. And sometimes I think, you know, when someone tells me some how to do things, or even when we play a game with our kids, like there's, they want to jump in and not read the rule books, like read the rules. They're like, oh, I just want to figure it out as we play. Let's just, there's some of y'all out there who do that. Like, you know, like you don't want to read the rules. You just want to like jump in and just, we'll just start and then we'll just see how it goes. Well, God's given us a rule book. He's given us some guidance. And so when we look to, when we look in the Bible, it specifically tells us about this order. You know, it tells us like once we get married, we're to leave and cleave and become one. It tells us these things because when we get things out of order, to your point, Benjamin, it makes it hard for us to stoke the fire and keep things going. And so for us, um, that playing that role of, of understanding how important it is for us to connect as, as, as a wife and as a husband and that relationship, it's important for our kids to see that we are, we pay attention to that. And we think that it's important and it's just important to us because when we are working well, like everything else flows so much nicely in the house. Would yeah, you agree? So I, yeah, I definitely agree. And, you know, you're talking about Genesis two when it talks about leaving and cleaving and, you know, I'm going to, however, um, break this down in a way that our non-Bible readers um, can understand this. Some of y'all letting the kids run the house. <laughs> Some of y'all letting mother-in-law run the house. I ain't trying to judge. I'm just telling it like it is. Some of y'all are letting people like friends have too much influence in what's going on in the house. And you wonder why stuff isn't working right. It's out of order. Mm. And so if, if something that is out of order, if you got if you got the wheels on the steering wheel and your steering wheel that's sitting there on your front left where the tire is supposed to be and you wonder why the car is all flicked and not going right, then flicked. Flicked. It's flicked and it's not going right because stuff is out of order. And so we really and this is a process like and this uh -huh. has to be intentional. But the way things work correctly, the way you keep the spark in your love story, first of all, you got to have the right atmosphere in order to even have the spark. And if you have if your house is being run by uh, the children in the house who don't pay no bills, <laughs> who eat up all your food, who come in in the middle of the night with a bloody nose and you got to get up out of the bed and go wipe up the blood off the floor. Oh, that was me last night. Um, if it's run by all these people, then you're not going to be a, you're not going to be able to keep the spark. It's hard enough to keep the spark going in the fire, but you're not going to be able to put the logs on there intentionally. If a lot of other people who aren't supposed to be running the house are running the house. So order is not really about importance. Hear me. I'm not saying your kids aren't important. I'm not saying your mother-in-law is not important because my mother-in-law is probably listening. I'm not saying your friends aren't important. Everybody is important, but everybody is not important enough to change the order of the household with God, the man, the husband, and the wife, and the children. So address the order in your house. And again, that's something we all fall susceptible to sometimes. We have to be aware, but there's a reason why. You know, God is a God of order. There's a reason why you look at any company, any organization. I've been a part of four different NFL organizations, the New England Patriots, the Cleveland Browns, the New Orleans Saints, and the Baltimore Ravens. There are 32 other clubs. There are 32 clubs total in the NFL. It's amazing how the clubs who have order, the correct order, 
over a long span of time seem to be more successful. It's so predictable. Everybody at the beginning of the year thinks that they're going to be good. Everybody at the beginning of a marriage thinks it's going to be great. Nobody plans on a marriage ending after a year unless they're trying to get some money, but that's a whole other thing. In order to have the success, it's about having order. That gives you the best chance. And so really look at your home, which is what we try to do, and say, man, it's, are, my, are my priorities in order? That'll give me the best chance of keeping a spark in my love story, and it'll give me the best chance of having success at my marriage. True. And I think part of that is having to be on the same team. So when we were in college, oh, when we were in college. What is the long side? Why not? <laughs> because, because we would like our arguments would be kind of silly, but both of us are very competitive. And I can remember us doing like game nights at my house, boys against girls or whatever. And after game nights, we would be not talking for like two days. Because of whoever won, <laughs> because of what you would say, like you just would just go for the joke, like you're going to lose. And like you would just be super mean. And I'm like, take a chill. Like we would just get really, really angry. And then we just knew from the beginning, like, OK, we can't do boys, girls anymore. Like we're going to split it up, mix it up a little bit. And it's amazing how when we were on the same team, we would really dominate. And yeah. so we brought that into the marriage. It's like, when we're on the same team, like y'all, everybody better watch out. So our kids don't, don't really play. They could, they can try to play one against each other. Ask Benjamin, can he do like, they just happened today. Mommy, while y'all are doing the podcast, can we play video games? Uh, no. Oh, I said, no, go ask your dad. They go, go ask him. They said, daddy, can we play video games? He says, no, you can watch TV though. And then they say, then they come back to me and say, well, can we play on our devices? Because that's not really video games. It's it's a different kind of thing. I'm like, what did he just tell you? He just said no. His no is my no. Like we are one team. We are those in little weasels. They those little just kind of you know play one against each other. Don't even do that. Like we are the same team, and we will defeat you. Okay. Same thing happens when we play games with them, Benjamin. What happens when we play soccer? <laughs> oh man, we, we have them frustrated. We might be old, but we got them frustrated. Listen, out there. They, they upset. Wanna, they don't they're see crying. Us. Are we really sitting here talking about our kids, though? I mean, I hope we can beat them. I know, but I'm just, the you point know. is, we don't let the. The point is, <laughs> our we our our competitiveness is fierce, and the idea is that just being on the same team helps in a lot of situations. Helps with our house. It helps keep order, and we realize that. You know, together we do things better. I mean, I would take you over a babysitter any day. I love our babysitters. They have been godsends. Heaven knows. I love when our moms come. But there is nothing like having you in the home helping and doing doing our day-to-day because we do it so well. Yeah. Same well, I'll tell you this. You know, you talk about college. And the thing with college was, you know, when we got in an argument, I don't really have to see you for a few days if I didn't want to. <laughs> Because I, I had my place and you had your place. But now. Oh, goodness. Where are we going to go? If we get in an argument, you right there looking at me when I wake up. <laughs> I sleep with one. Y'all, I sleep with one eye open. We're not supposed to go to sleep angry, but hey, when, when, we, when we do, which is many times we be disobedient to the, what the Lord says. <laughs> um, I sleep with one eye open because. We're in the same room. So, you know, I think being on the same team, but also realizing that, I mean, physically and spiritually, 
we we're, we're one. And so what hurts one, you know, what would you do? How would you hurt your own body? Mm-hmm. Like we need to treat our spouses as if they're our own body, because that's what scripture says that they are. And so that's difficult. I'm raising my hand right now. If you could see me, because it's very, very difficult. But the truth of the matter is, how would you treat your own body is how you would treat your spouse. Would you hurt and injure and starve and reject your own body? Would you get in an argument with the, with your own body and not try to heal it? You know, would you not address an issue that's going on in your own body? You know, you got a sprained ankle or torn ACL, all of which I had, you know, the list goes on and on. Would I not address those things? Would I not try to make those things better? We are, we we're we're one. And so in a sense, we we are on the same team, whether we like it or not. But to your point, for us to be successful, for us to flourish in marriage, for us to keep the spark in our love story, we have to actually realize it and act like we're on the same team. Yeah. I do think that keeps the spark because we'll be giving each other eyes on a lot of different things where we like, mm-hmm, they didn't get us. <laughs> <laughs> They didn't get us. We we won. We won that one. So I do think there's something to that as parents, for sure, when you're on the same team and you do things. But we brought up something, Bridget, about like when we argue. We keep saying that we argue a lot and we disagree a lot. So we are both the oldest of both kids of our family, the oldest of six. I'm the oldest of two. Just used to being right. Well, always right all the time. And so when we come together, they're hard-headed. hard-headed prideful, different words come to mind. I was talking about you. I was was talking talking about you. you, So it works out nicely. But what do we do when we, I mean, how do you keep the spark when you don't like each other? So I always say like, I love you. I've always loved you, but there's definitely times where I'm like, I just don't like him, you know, or you say feelings mutual. I see you. I see you. Yes, I get it. The feeling is mutual. What do you do then? Like, I'll tell you what you, I'll tell you what you don't do. And this is what I try to do. Um, Guys, I'll just say this. Women can last longer than you. They can last longer than you can. So don't try to play the I'm going to outlast you game because you will you will lose. I don't care how long you think you can last. She can last one day more. So it is in your best interest to figure out a way to swallow your pride and apologize. Mm-hmm. Why is that so hard? Well, because of all the things we just talked about, being prideful, yeah. knowing that you're right, wanting to have the last word, wanting to feel um, validated by, by her bowing down and saying that, that you are right, when in essence, you're on the same team. And most of the things that we argue about are pretty trivial. A lot of it has to do with understanding and realizing the reason why you're contentious in the first place. Did you get enough sleep? Did something happen at work? Are you mad because you feel offended by something? Do you feel like you were belittled? Did you feel like you fell short in some certain way? Uh, There's always something else behind the little thing that she or he says that sets you off. And next thing you know, you're in a drag out argument over something that was said on TV. Why the heck are we even arguing about something that they're talking about? They're not even thinking about you. And you sitting there trying to. Whoa, calm down, calm down. Okay, all right. But yeah. (laughs) <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. So, so why is it so hard? It, I mean, I think it starts with apologizing. I mean, we talk a lot about, you know, understanding how to show affection to one another. And, you know, you've told me, I guess I'll share this since everybody's in our business right now, just about how, you know, a hug or some sort of physical touch is important. 
And honestly, when we're arguing, I don't feel like physical touching you. I don't want to hug you. <laughs> right. Because you're my enemy at that point. I'm trying to right. win. Right. But that is so disarming when we are able to let our guard down and apologize. And all mm-hmm. of a sudden, you just melt. Right. True. I mean, not completely. Don't get it twisted. But it's, just, it's the initial, I'm going to, let's open up conversation. That's important. Yeah. And yeah. I think that um, I remember someone very early on in our marriage said, you know, when you've been joined and you're a team, it's like the devil's going to look for any way to separate you. Mm. And I don't like to lose. So when we're when we're not together, when we're arguing in my head, I'm just like, oh, the devil is winning. And I'm just <laughs> I don't like to lose like you. I'm going to prove you wrong. And so some of that will bring me to apologize or open up a conversation quicker because I don't want him to because I'm just that stubborn and not wanting him to lose. But the idea is the same. It's like, you know, we argue over little things, but you've made the great point. It's about something deeper. It's about a deeper situation. And it's about getting, taking the time to get to the root of what's really going on. Is it a tone? Is it how you're saying things? And can we change? The question is, does it change? And so I think about another early thing was you closing cabinets and you closing drawers. Early thing. Thank you. Yeah, Thank you. It still Thank happens. It, no, 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 no. I would Let's go leave upstairs Let's right leave it now. Early. Let's leave it and early. Guarantee that two of your drawers are open with stuff hanging out. Guarantee it. So the idea was that I just remember thinking. I mean, you have, do you have to say hanging out? Or you just say open. Whatever, open. They, I'm just saying it's like one. I mean, you played football. Like I know that your arm fully extends, like from elbow. This left shoulder, shoulder. ain't good. I do got. Really I know, bad but I know you're able to fully extend to close a cabinet or close a drawer. I know you're strong enough to do this. Yet, drawers are partially closed all around this house. I don't understand that. So these are things that we would get in arguments over. Like, why can't you? Like, I can see everywhere that you've been because every cabinet is slightly open. Or the drawer, and I hit. And makes, it I easier, walk by makes it easier. It. To, makes it easier to open it when no, you come back. No, when I walk by, then I hit my shin on it because it's not completely closed, and the thing is sticking. And I'm just like, why don't you just close the drawers? Don't blame me for your clumsiness. So here, my point is: the point is, although you know this about me, ladies, hear this. Even though you tell him something that is would be helpful to you that would make your life easier. I would get upset because I'm like, he just wants to ruin my life. <laughs> he just wants to like find a way to aggravate me. But I soon realized that he doesn't even see the drawers that are open. <laughs> like he literally, like he's not out for me. He just can't see. <laughs> he just can't fully extend his arm to close the cabinet or the drawer. And guess what? I was able to let go of that. I remember one day crying and he's like, why are you crying? I was like, because I realized I'm going to live with this for the rest of my life, for the rest of my life. He's like, are you seriously crying? I was like, I'm just mourning this, that I'm going to have to close drawers behind you forever. And this is literally what happened at the kitchen table. And so now, like I said, drawers aren't closed. And guess what I do? I just say, I just go and I just push it in and I just keep going. So although you bring these things up in your arguments, and you get to the root of things, ladies, hear me out. If you know in your heart of hearts, he's not intentionally trying to make your life miserable, just some stuff you got to let go. Like I just let that, I mean, we're talking about it now and I'm kind of getting a little bit 
upset about it again, but ultimately I am okay about it because I realized that if he saw it and knew and was aware of it, he would do it, but he really just doesn't see it. And I keep moving on. So yeah, so even in the arguments and talking things over, change does not happen immediately, right, babe? It, or maybe not happen, but you know, when I when he does close the door and I walk in and I see them, I'm like, oh, oh, that's nice. And then I just <laughs> keep going. You can you can you can not sulk now. It's okay. <laughs> way way to be way to be the bigger person. Um, let, let's just move on to to date night because when you're not closing drawers or cabinets <laughs> and your wife's shins are black and blue Bruised because because <laughs> she just can't see that the thing is oh. open. Oh, then you need to take her on a date night. Uh, right. Let's talk about date night. You know, d- date night is is a great way, I think, to keep a spark. And it's something that was told to us early on um, to try to be intentional with, with date night. I mean, and it doesn't have to be anything elaborate, although sometimes it can be, but it's really about taking time away, especially when you have kids. And again, it all goes back to having order. I remember our first date nights, um, not our first date nights, but when we had kids that were old enough to realize that we were leaving and have an opinion about it. I remember the, <laughs> we're going on date night. Oh no, mommy, daddy, no. Why are you going? They didn't want us to go on date night. They said, you don't love us. Why are yeah, you yeah. leaving us? <laughs> you don't love like, us. You don't love us. Why are you leaving? And we said, well, we sure, we sure walked out, didn't we? <laughs> <laughs> so we just walked out. But now they, they look at us and say, uh, are y'all going on a date? I mean, you ain't been in a while. When are you going? I mean, mm-hmm. there's, a, there's a certain expectation I think that they have because you know, number one, they've seen it consistently. And number two, I think that they, they understand that it's important for the health of the family, uh, not only the marriage for mom and daddy, but also the health of the entire family that we're able to have some time together without, without them. For sure. I think they definitely, as they get older, they understand, they look for, they're like, you guys haven't been anywhere in a long time. Or if we say we're going to go, even just doing this, taking time away from them to do something together, they're like, okay. We understand. And I always told them from when I was like, I will be a better mommy if I just have some time, mm-hmm. you know, some time with daddy and we'll come back and we'll be better parents because we've had some time. So I think setting the expectation for that, I think that date night getting, whether you're getting dressed up to do something simple or just the idea of just dating again, keeps the spark, whether it's, and what it, whatever it is for you, like I love food. So you know, going to the nearest, the newest restaurant or hole in the wall or somewhere we've always been. I mean, I just look forward to it the whole day. It's like, I just can't wait to get in the car and just be the two of us and cut my own food and not have to rush like these little things that you just don't get sometimes when you're with the family. And I like really look forward to it. And so I think date nights can easily be neglected for several reasons. One, you just don't feel like you have the time. And I always say, tell uh, girls that I'm around, I'm like, no, make the time. Make, even if it's going into another part of your house or, or, or another issue is finding people to watch your kids. So for us, like we've never had like a live-in nanny or anyone who's always with us and we move a lot. So we're always praying for the Lord to send somebody who will watch all these kids. And so to make that easy, Two, we have to have order in our house. So the person who comes in comes into a situation where our our kids are used to some type of schedule so they can come in and just execute the schedule. Finding that person 
um, that can watch your children while you go take two hours out. We always go to an early dinner, right, babe? Yeah, because we'd be can't tired. Can't stay up too late. <laughs> can't stay up, man. My my battery don't charge up like it used to. Listen, and these people are still going to get up early in the morning, so we can't be out to like late. So yeah. we take we eat the same. We we set we set our um six thirties when we eat dinner at our house, and we try to have a six thirty reservation. So we come we home eat- from our day. We come home from our day and <laughs> be like be like eight thirty. Yes. <laughs> like, golly. Exactly. And the, and the kids have been in bed for an hour. So we, we know we just have, we're eating the same time they're eating. The, the sitter is able to put them to sleep and we get home. It's just the fact that everything is cleaned and our people are asleep and we can go up to bed. It's like amazing. And so just making the time, whether it's once a month, something that you're looking forward to and something that is regular, I think is just makes a big difference. Yeah. 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 It's, it, it has, it has to be, it has to be a priority. When you talk about the spark, it has to be a priority. So, and, and the crazy thing is that in the off season, it seems more difficult for us to keep a normal date night than during the season True. because everything is so regimented and I know exactly what the schedule is going to be. And you can look up in a time where you say, Oh, you know, I don't have this form of work, but I've got other things that I'm doing. And then you look up and you haven't really had a formal date night in a while. So be cognizant of that and really, really, really focus on that. So keep the spark in your love story. Remember your story, right? Mm -hmm. Remember your story. Right. Remember what made you attracted to this person? You know, think about those things. Some of y'all have, we've been on plenty of dates with other couples and we always say, okay, so how did you meet? You know, some stories are hilarious, you know? So what is it about that person that, you know, attracted you to them? Like what's, what was it, what was it about him or her? And I think that helped. We can remember those stories either makes us smile or makes us blush, or we like to hear the person tell it. Just remember your story. I think that's a good way to always remember why you got Guys got together in the first place. Secondly, your spouse comes before your kids and your mother-in-law and your friends. Can you stop bringing up the mother-in-law? I mean, seriously. I ain't talking about your mom. I'm talking for everybody else. You could say mom or mother-in-law, so that's everybody. You know what I didn't say? Father-in-law. The father-in-laws usually don't go meddling other people's stuff. It's usually them <laughs> daggone mother-in-laws be all up in somebody's stuff, especially when they got grandkids. You should do this. You should do that. I'll, yeah. I'll just say mother then, okay? I'll say mm-hmm. your, your mother-in-law or your mother. Exactly. Or your, or your mama's friend. <laughs> or your pastor. Or the church and, people. Church or, women. or the church folks don't want you to wear high heels when you're pregnant. While you're pregnant. Exactly. That's another story <laughs> that's for another, another, another day. That's another podcast. That's another podcast. <laughs> but your spouse comes before all those people because of the order that's already been established. We can't expect to have, we can't expect in, in, in a relationships as tough as they are with two people who are selfish and prideful and all those things that we are, it's, it's hard enough if, we, if we're doing things totally out of order and listening to too many voices. Right. And finally, just put the time in. You know, marriage is tough. It's work, but there's so much fruit that comes from it. It can be so fun. And the time you put in now, whether it's through date nights, conversation, dealing with conflict, it's only going to positively impact the relationship in the future. You know, especially for those of us with kids, there are one, it's going to be one day where your kids are gone. And what you do now while your kids are still in your house plays a huge role, I think, in the relationship you have when there's no one in the house. So put the time in, stay dating, remember your story, keep your spouse first. And again, that doesn't mean to neglect the kids, but just understanding the relationship and the role that they play. And I think these are all ways that we can help keep the sparks in our marriage. All right. 
Why or why not? Now the good part. I've been waiting for this. Why or why not? You ready? I'm ready. All right, taking out the trash. So why or why not? Why is it (laughs) that when it's time to take out the trash and everybody has a trash can in their kitchen probably and, you know, it gets full. Ours gets full literally multiple times a day with all the trash. Why is it that when it gets full and I take the trash bag out of the trash can (laughs) and start to tie it, I hear the pitter patter of feet from why not over here with one little piece of trash that she wants to stuff into that trash bag before I take it out to the garage. When we have a bunch of other bags that I'm going to put in there and she can just put it in there in a new bag. It's literally, I'm walking out and she's like, wait, 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 wait. I got this little piece of tissue that I found on the floor. I found a little snack, uh, 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 something from the kids to put in there. It's like, no, just put it in there. I I, I literally am tying the thing or I've tied it. And she want to like push her (laughs) hand in there, wiggle her little hand through a little crack just to put it in there. This is so true. I don't understand. Why not have a trash can and a trash bag that's completely empty before you go to bed. I don't understand. No, no. This is I, the middle of the day sometimes. This, this, no, it's this not. Is not, not time. really yes, the middle it is. of the day. It, ha- is, it happens at any time. Like, why? We have plenty okay. of trash bags. Why? Again, it, bags. It, go, why? it really just, it does go back to this whole why not have one moment of everything being clean. So as a person who has to wash clothes for everybody, who, it's just like, there's this one moment where there's like not trash in the trash can, not any clothes in the laundry bin. Like, just let me have that moment. Why not? If I'm coming to, I'm not asking you to untie it. I'm putting my hand into the bag. Like, why is it a big deal? I don't because understand. Because I, I, I have to stop my momentum. Momentum? Yes, my momentum. Oh, goodness I got to stop my momentum. <laughs> Your momentum. Allow, mm-hmm. I got to stop well, my momentum <laughs> in order to let you put put that in there. It's so, true. So what okay, I start what doing do. I just start walking. You just start walking. I'm like chasing behind you, putting this one piece of paper into the thing. So why don't you just say, hey, babe, I'm about to, this is my why not. Why not just say, babe, I'm about to tie the thing. Is there anything else you want to put in there? And then I can say, oh, yeah, I have one more thing. And then it's before it all happens. So then I'm not chasing. You try to do it on the sly Mm -hmm. and try to get the thing out to create these kind of situations. That's what I think. It's bad. I got to take the trash out on the sly. I got to take the trash out on the slide in my own house. <laughs> Why am I taking the trash out on the slide in my own house? I don't know. I don't we got, know. We got plenty of bags. So it does, okay. I, I don't we'll understand Just leave it why. there. Again, we'll yeah, just leave, leave it there. there. This is this is another one of those why or, or why nots um, yeah. that, that I just I just don't understand. But I don't understand either. Well, it's been fun. It's been fun. I'm why. Or why not with, with the, the Watsons. Thanks for listening to Why or Why Not with the Watsons. Make sure to subscribe to our podcast on the podcast app of your choice and leave a rating and review. Also, follow us on social media. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Benjamin S. Watson. And you can follow me on Instagram at underscore Kirsten Watson underscore. 